Welcome to Knowledge Wins, your podcast from the U.S. Army John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center and School and the Special Operations Center of Excellence, where we explore topics to enable a more holistic understanding of the Army Special Operations Forces Schoolhouse and the role of Army Special Operations in the future of national defense. I'm your host, Major Anthony Wirtz, a psychological operations officer by trade and a member of the Commander's Initiatives Group here at the Special Warfare Center and School. What you hear in these episodes are the views of the participants and don't represent those of SWIC, the Army, or any other agency of the U.S. government. It's my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Colonel Robert Seidel. He is the command psychologist of the U.S. Army John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center and School and the Special Operations Center of Excellence. Colonel Seidel earned a direct commission into the Medical Service Corps in June 2000 after acceptance into the Army Clinical Psychology Internship Program to complete his doctorate degree in clinical psychology. Along with training in resiliency development and influence and persuasion principles, Colonel Seidel is also a certified professional executive coach, providing an experiential and individualized process to develop critical thinking and problem-solving skills to help people achieve their personal and professional goals. Over the past 11 and a half years, he's held various positions in RSOF units, such as the Office of Special Warfare, First Special Forces Command, and SWIC. He has served in numerous conventional and special operations missions in locations such as Kuwait, Pakistan, Iraq, Jordan, and Afghanistan. Today's episode focuses on soldier and family wellness. Colonel Seidel and the Command Psychologist's Office provide a number of seminars to the benefit of our service members and their family members' holistic health. This episode will introduce both the Soldier Wellness Series and the Family Wellness Series, but we'll focus on the Soldier Wellness Seminars in depth. Our next podcast will deep dive the Family Wellness Seminars. Colonel Slidell, thanks for being on the podcast today, sir. I really appreciate the opportunity to get together today and to talk about some of these things, so thank you. Absolutely, sir. It's our pleasure. So to start off, sir, uh, I hope everyone can recognize the importance of the seminar series your office provides especially towards the goal of achieving whole person well-being, not just limited to uh, physical strength and readiness, which we all know when we were young in the Army was uh, seemed to be the only focus. Yeah. What was your catalyst to establish the Soldier Wellness and Family Wellness Series, and how long have they been available, sir? I think it goes back a couple years ago when I was at uh, Special Forces Command, the, uh, toward the tail end of my time there, and just looking at things like self-destructive behaviors, Um, relational issues, whether it be uh, marriage or just maybe a a child being sick, and then really just reflecting on how over the past 20 years, uh, the op tempo, you know, with warfare, and especially our our operators, and just looking at the cumulative effect and the toll that it has taken and realizing I needed to look outside of just clinical care, but what other type of resources could we develop to look at them holistically, as you stated, and just their well-being, just not for themselves, but for their families. And that's kind of what kicked it off. And so I started looking at resiliency and doing a deeper dive on that. And uh, we had the opportunity uh, last year to do um, uh, the Knowledge Wins. when we talked about some resiliency in kids during COVID, but I started looking at different types of programs, stuff that maybe had been used in the soft community before. And that kind of led to when I came over to SWIC what other things could we do? And so I started looking at the, the, the cognitive bias mitigation. How do we do a better job of looking at people? And so forth and so forth. And just realizing there are a lot of programs, particularly for families, that we can implement to take care of our own. And that's really what it came down to is taking care of our own. I think it's a 
an outstanding pursuit, and I, I want to thank you personally before we get any further because I think that um, people would be remiss if they ignored these opportunities. And yeah. um, you know, you're you're doing outstanding work, in my humble opinion, to uh, to take care of us. So thank you. Have you had a solid base of folks taking advantage of these services yet? I would say starting last summer into early fall, we really uh, built some momentum. And I was really starting to get fairly busy, predictably, in being able to provide uh, these various seminars, both the soldiers and leaders, as well as our families. And then naturally, you know, uh, Christmas break occurs and things kind of die down and people naturally forget. And then when we come back in January, we know it's full hot tempo again. And uh, so, again, it's my job to kind of remind folks, remarket these things so people know that they're there. And um, I've had many opportunities over the past few months. But I think just talking to you, talking to the command team, I really want to up our game in how we get the information out there so that we can take care of more of our people. I agree, and I hope that uh, this will help aid that effort, sir. To your point, uh, being busy uh, at the middle and end of last year, it makes a lot of sense, you know, coming into the real stride of the pandemic, mm. um, I think, and then kind of falling off with the, the holiday season, yeah. coming back and not thinking about what last year was and being yeah. a little bit more uh, comfortable yeah. with the pandemic, yeah. as it were, since that's kind of uh, yeah, the new our, normal. our framework yeah, these absolutely. days. Yeah, but do you think, honestly, and this is uh, this could be touchy, but do you think there's any lingering fear of uh, the stigma that we used to apply to each other in the Army if we sought such help? And I really hope not. But Yeah, I mean, you have to acknowledge that at least traditionally there's been some stigma, you know, to a certain degree in seeking any type of clinical support because people were concerned about the impact on career. I mean, you have to acknowledge that. Um, in my personal opinion, I think the stigma has gotten better. Uh, I think that's because we're doing a better job with things like embedded behavioral health where we have providers assigned to a specific unit that are in proximity to the unit, and those providers become the docs, the very personal docs of our guys. And we do that here at SWIC as well. Um, But we got to go beyond that, right, because we have some folks um, for various reasons who still may struggle or not be comfortable in taking that first step. And that kind of is what grew and develop some of these programs that we're now pushing out is we can still support our guys and and just as importantly support the families, but do so in a way where it's uh, more comfortable and less invasive to them. And I think that's what we're seeing because um, it's picked up some momentum here and there and we've hit quite a few people. We just want to go bigger and broader. Absolutely. More of an educational aspect. Yes. So as we noted uh, in the podcast opening remarks, today we're focusing on the Soldier Professional Development and Wellness Series. In our next episode, we'll look at the Nourish and Flourish Family Series. But uh, clearly, the Soldier Series is intended for any of us in uniform across the SWIC organization. Yes. Could you give us an in-depth description of the program? Yes. So the Soldier Professional Development and Wellness Series, um, it's really looking at one, leaders. How can we as leaders, and a leader can be a squad leader all the way up to a group or brigade leader, but how do we as leaders impact our soldiers in a way which helps them develop professionally? But it's really looking at things like how can we help them identify personal blind spots and create more awareness, right? Because if you have an idea of what your blind spots are and you have awareness, you have an opportunity to change. We also want to sharpen their critical thinking and complex decision-making skills. Uh, We want people who can think and think well and make good, sound decisions. And so some of the stuff in this program helps leaders 
know how to foster and grow and develop that in their people. And ultimately, that leads to can they generate good solutions, right? You can have a good idea, but how do you actually execute it? And so that's part of that as well. On top of that, because it's more well-being, um, we want them to become more resilient and more steadfast when facing hardships. We want them, when they encounter challenges in their lives, setbacks in their life, that they know how to cope and bounce back when they make mistakes, because they're going to, but how do they persevere, endure, and continue on? Um, which then goes back to reducing some of those self-destructive behaviors that we talked about earlier on. And then finally, because loss is going to impact all of us at a certain point in our lives, how do we grieve in a healthy way, both um, as an individual, but also with those around us? And particularly um, if we lost somebody when we were deployed, how do we resolve that in a way where we can continue on while honoring their memory, but live a healthy life? Absolutely. So as you say, uh, it's it's for all leaders uh, and the soldiers from, from the squad all the way up. Absolutely. So... I think it's important that we all, you know, strive to be that continuous learner, continue to hone or sharpen one's own skills. So everyone understands, before we discuss the actual seminar content, can you tell us how it's designed? So how long is each block? How many folks are in an optimally sized audience? Or Absolutely. So what's great is, with intent, I tried to create this in a way where it has um, less impact on the schedule because everybody is so busy, particularly our leaders and the units and training and mission requirements. So the shortest one is an hour, and the others are no longer than two hours. So I capped them. So we have something that's friendly to the op-tempo that our folks are operating in. The audience for our soldier professional development and wellness journeys, that's active duty. So anybody who's a green seer can participate in this. I like small group. I like having 25 or less is ideal to me. Now, have I done much larger groups? Absolutely, because you have to make adjustments and meet the need of our, of our clients. But as a rule of thumb, I like 25 or less. I like the small group. If I can do it, I'll put, put us all around a table or at least rearrange our desks so we're all in a big circle. Because for me, the smaller group, um, it fosters discussion and more real-world application. It's more interactive. I can't stand lecture-based. So if I can avoid standing up there and just going through slides, um, I do. And if I can have my way, we'll even do it at a time where we can put on our roughs and grab some coffee, and we just come in, and we'll have lunch or something, and we sit around, and it becomes more relationally focused. And if you can connect relationally, People are going to open up more. And when they open up more, there's more application, which is the whole point. We don't want to just teach concepts. We want them to walk away with something tangible that can make a difference in their lives. And that's really what we're focusing on. And what's great about the format, I do it in person, and I've done it online. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Post and his uh, command team out of the 2nd Battalion over 2nd Group, uh, he's got folks in Yuma, he's got folks in Key West, and he's got here at Fort Bragg. And we're like, "How how can we do this? And he's like... I'm going to create a WebEx. So he got on WebEx, and we actually did uh, one of these uh, over multiple sessions. And we hit everybody simultaneously. And it was a wonderful way to use technology, kind of like we're doing here, using a podcast in order to meet a greater audience. And so there's a lot of flexibility in how we can implement this. I think that's awesome, sir. Uh, not only the uh, the small group in-person approach to, to create those, those, com- or those conversations and to make it resonate uh, and last longer uh, with uh, with your students, as it were, but um, the flexibility that you provide to people who need it, you know, yeah. so 
Thank you again for that. Overall, the Soldier series addresses numerous topics that will benefit anyone who pays attention to them. You've already mentioned quite a few. Self-awareness, critical thinking, the, the complex decisions, generating solutions, resiliency, and resolving loss. So if you would, uh, could you please talk to us about those specific seminar topics that are in the Soldier series? Absolutely. Um, so there's four, and I'm just going to quickly give a, an overview of those four. Uh, the first one that I like to start out with when I can is the cognitive bias mitigation, and that's one that's just an hour long. And that's really helping people increase their awareness of their own personal biases, because we all have them, right, um, which impedes judgment um, and, 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 and implement mitigation strategies in order to improve their decision-making. Uh, it's acknowledging that although biases can't be completely eliminated, if we are more self-aware and we establish mechanisms to override these biases, we can minimize it. And the application is we do a jetter, better job in evaluating and understanding the situation we're in, and more importantly, we do a better job of understanding and conceptualizing the people we're interacting with so that we can establish a better working relationship as well as be more coherent and effective in how we get things done. That's a great foundation in building into the executive coaching method. So uh, as you were so gracious to share that I'm a certified coach and I do individual coaching, I'm like, why don't we take some of those same principles that I'm going through with individual clients and just review them with leaders so they can use the same techniques with their guys. So it's basically two-hour block, which can be done all at once or broken down. It's training leaders in the techniques and strategies to increase their soldiers' self-awareness and generate effective solutions to maximize their fullest potential. And this is the key point. It, it aims at developing strong, critical thinking and problem-solving skills so that when their soldiers are faced with an unexpected or stressful situation, more importantly, operating in a foreign environment where they're alone and they have very limited resources or no support, they now have the capacity to adapt and develop or modify a plan and execute it successfully. You don't want a soldier, or we do a disservice to our soldiers, when all they're doing is constantly going to their, their NCO or their officer for guidance, which is completely appropriate, or they're constantly going to the reg or the SOP. And then when you remove the NCO or the officer or the SOP, they don't know what to do. It's all regurgitation, and we want to remove that and give them the skill set to generate solutions. And so that's really a big piece. And I would say of all the ones I'm doing, that's been so well-received of all of them. I can imagine why. Yeah, so it's been fantastic, and it's rewarding. Um, this other one, the developing resiliency in soldiers. And so we, we talked about self-destructive behaviors. Um, we want more resilient Soldiers, And I would say we just more, want more resilient people. And we talk about culture and timing. Uh, we got COVID. I mean, there's so many opportunities to hopefully implement some of this resiliency. So this is all evidence-based. It has historical precedent within the SF community. But it's we want leaders because leaders have been demonstrated to be able to impact resiliency in their soldiers. So we want to train and form and equip our leaders with tools to strengthen resiliency in their soldiers and help them effectively adapt to changing environments and stressors. We also provide strategies to leaders on how to identify and influence maybe some at-risk soldiers so that we can reduce those self-destructive behaviors and adverse incidents. What's great about it is, again, research shows us leaders are in a very influential position to identify and shape how soldiers interpret problems and respond to them. So the program really aims at integrating resiliency into how we build, strengthen, and maintain and assess total fitness, individual performance, and unit readiness. 
in the application piece is then you then have a soldier who we when he's not here and he's on his downtime in his personal life when they encounter stressors are equipped to know how to endure, persevere, utilize resources, and bounce back when they make mistakes without it letting them overwhelm them. And then all that naturally ties into bereavement. Um, I was really doing these first three over the past year, and just through comments from people who attended the training, I started uh, having more and more people ask about, have you thought about doing something with bereavement? and how it naturally just ties into 20 years of warfare and the impact it's had on our population and our families. And so that's what I've been working on the past few months, uh, casting a wide net and, and finding a program, and, and this should be ready by summer 2021. 20, but for our soldiers, death, you know, encountered while serving, especially when we're deployed, um, it can just invoke a different type of expression of grief. Um, we have our operators, we have support personnel like myself. Um, in the culture, in my experience, soldiers tend to blame themselves. They struggle with guilt, um, survivor's guilt, and then they employ effectively techniques such, such as compartmentalization. You know, I'm going to put it off to the side because I need to focus on the mission, taking care of my teammates, and carrying on, which is a very effective technique. And again, I'm not criticizing that because it's effective and it can be very, very useful. With this program that we're developing, all we want to do is review some healthy strategies to help our guys attain closure. We want to strengthen the essential relationships that they have and just to be able to live with reminders in a constructive way and establish an enduring connection with the memories of those who passed away. When I've done bereavement work with operators or just warfighters in general, it's not about forgetting those we lost. It's not. It's about remembering them and them honoring them in how we live our lives, which is just a better quality of life. And that's the focus, and it's going to be soft Pacific in how we approach those things and incorporate these things with our guys. I think it's absolutely critical. Um, and again, want to thank you for your focus on helping us to remember and, uh, and move on as you, you talk about that last uh, seminar topic, the bereavement. Um, and I'm sure this is part of your focus as well, but there are times when in uniform, um, as you've mentioned to me in, in past conversations uh, that I'd like to highlight with you now, where sometimes the, the, the service, the duty will keep you away from home and you might lose a, uh, a family member or another close friend or colleague back here at the home front. And I, and I imagine that, that this also delves into that, that avenue. Absolutely. It, it's, it acknowledges that for the solve culture, it's probably related a lot to losses occurred while deployed. But that does not negate the loss that occurs back on the home front, whether it's a family member or a, a good friend or even a teammate, but it happens back here in Garrison. All those things are addressed. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because I don't want to be so narrowly focused where oh, we no, forget sir. the context of how death occurs in other areas. So all those different things would be addressed. Thank I you. appreciate the opportunity to clarify. Yes, sir. I think this is a vastly positive resource for our soldiers and units, sir. Uh, obviously so. Uh, how do you register or sign up, and do you provide advice when people are reaching out to you on which program may be the most beneficial for those that are looking to take advantage of the seminar itself? Absolutely. Um, they can literally contact me directly. Um, with all the information that goes out, I know it has my contact information as well as the psychologist from first and second group, but I'm the primary 
uh, and then I collaborate with them to see who from first and second group can co-lead with me if they can. They just have so many missions. And since I created this, I want to try to make sure I don't put too much on their plate. But they literally, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's any five. You can literally email or call me directly to staff these type of programs and then kind of uh, collaborate on where do we start and what do we do first. Absolutely. And to your point, sir, uh, just uh, on the 23rd of March, uh, the SWIC G3 disseminated the the program's master slide deck, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes. Um, and the family programs uh, yes. disseminated through their platforms, G3 through TMT, yep. so uh, so units would have access to it. You also just recently, with the Office of Strategic Communication slash PAO, uh, just created a uh, trifold, yep. uh, which are posted around the command's footprint mm-hmm. so folks can uh, can access them. And, of course, we'll have that information uh, attached in the liner notes to this podcast episode. Is there anything we miss, sir? Is there anything you think uh, regarding the uh, the Soldier Professional Development and Wellness Series before we close needs yeah, to be said? I think at the end of the day, you don't find the resources, you don't have a pamphlet, you don't have a slide or whatever – you, you go into Outlook and you type in Bobby Seidel and my name's going to pop up and you contact me. Absolutely, And sir. I'll never be upset with anybody contacting me, whether it's for this or just to see how they can take care of themselves, take care of a family member, or take care of a teammate. Uh, my bottom line responsibility is the safety and welfare of our guys, and I'll never be bothered by someone reaching out just for consultation. So they can always just email me at the end of the day because at the end of the day, we got to take care of our own. And this is what this is about. And it's been a wonderful experience from the command team down, opportunities like this, the buy-in's been there and how we can take better care of our soldiers and our families. And I appreciate it. So thank you for your time today. Yes, sir. Thank you. And uh, I, can, I know that uh, I and others like me are very thankful for your focus on taking care of our own, uh, as you say. And uh, I can attest to the fact, and I think that most of you out there can also uh, hear from Colonel Seidel's demeanor, that he's 100% serious about it doesn't matter who you are uh, or how you get in contact with him, but if you're interested and you can't find all the resources, uh, reach out. And uh, he's 100% ready and standing by. Thank you. Again, thank you for everything, sir. No, I appreciate it. Thanks. Yes, sir.